Hey everyone, it's Austin Solomon, the Solomon Group at Cobol Banker. Welcome to this week's episode of The Real Wausau Real Estate Show. Today I'm just doing a quick recap. I just had Kurt Moeller in, uh, who's a local assessor uh, for various municipalities in the Marathon County, uh, Wood County, Clark and Shawano County areas. He does 15 or 18 municipalities that he is responsible for. And we just had a long podcast. It was about 50 minutes. And I was certainly... Uh, it was certainly a lot of great information for me and filled in a lot of gaps for me. I just wanted to do a quick episode to kind of recap what I know about um, assessments, right? Some of the common misconceptions about assessments versus appraisals and market values and some of the gaps that were filled in uh, by the episode and just in talking with Kurt uh, that wasn't on the air. So a couple of things. Again, remember, there's a difference between market value, assessed value, and appraised value, right? An appraisal is typically for the bank when they're financing a property, uh, when they're lending on a property, right? They want to make sure that the home is worth at least uh, what you're paying for it, right? So they send out an appraiser, just a uh, professional value, uh, professional um, opinion of value. That's an appraiser for the bank when you're financing or refinancing right? Market value is just a general term that says, hey, what what would a normal buyer uh, pay for the property uh, given the market conditions and the time of year, right? That's something that an agent could, prefer, uh, could prepare, like, like myself, a comparative market analysis, right? What's the market value? What's the home worth in the marketplace? And then the assessment or the assessor, right? It's similar to an appraiser in that it's an opinion of value, right? But it's for the purposes of the municipality, what the municipality and the township, right, the city, what do they value the property at, and um, how do they, you know, how do they come up with that that assessed value uh, for tax purposes, right? A lot of times people get them mixed up. Now remember, in this marketplace, the market's been booming now for the last two to three years, right? Especially in the last year or so. And so it's very common for properties to sell for one and a half times, two times in some instances, the assessed value. And so when you're looking at a property and it's listed at 250,000 and the assessed value is 175, right? You don't have to freak out and say, hey, this property is only worth 175 because it's not, it's not, uh, it's not really a good, uh, indicator of the true value of that property, right? A lot of times those assessments were taken a long time ago. Maybe that person hasn't sold the house in a long time. The last time the assessor was in there, you know, was 20 years ago, and it doesn't really reflect the current value of the property, right? Another thing that we talked about was, and this was great to hear, is if that property that was assessed at 175 and now sells for 250, as a buyer, do you have to worry that the new assessment is going to be uh, 250,000? Well, like Kurt had said, no, it's not. It doesn't necessarily work that way because how could that buyer who purchased that property for two fifty, how could his assessment be two fifty when the neighbor next door, let's say their house is very similar, but they live there for fifty years, it wouldn't be necessarily fair to assess that new buyer at two fifty, but then leave the neighbor's assessment the exact same just because they haven't sold it in a while. Um, so, like Kurt said, at its best, right, assessors they're looking to. Um, they don't just chase properties, right? They're looking to get a good, uh, a good conglomerate or a good, um, conglomerate's not the right word, a good, uh, a good average of all the municipality, right? 
and kind of average and share that uh, that valuation for every property in that municipality, but they don't chase specific sales. So that was encouraging. Another thing is in our area, like the village of Cronenwetter, city of Wausau, town of Rib Mountain, in the last you know, village of Rothschild, in the last few years, all of these properties have gone um, through a citywide assessment, right? And for me, example, and I even felt, uh, I even kind of got this mixed up too, personally, is because I live in the town of Rib Mountain. My property assessment went up about 55, 60,000 uh, in 2019. And I was concerned because I set up a ratio. Here's what my current taxes are based off of this assessment. I know what the new assessment is. So then I can figure out what the new taxes are going to be just like a ratio. I'm like, oh man, my taxes are going up like, you know, 12 to $1,500. I was kind of like, that's a bummer. Uh, so, but it doesn't work that way because like Kurt explained, if all the properties go up, right? Essentially what property taxes are, it's a share it's a share in the uh, everyone is working towards paying the uh, the expenses or the budget of like the local schools, what the municipality needs, you know, for fire, police, streets, all of these different things, all the services and amenities, water of a, of a city, right? Uh, each homeowner has to share in that based off of their, you know, how much their property is worth, right? Um, but obviously if the if the assessed values go up on all of the properties it doesn't necessarily mean you know just like kurt explained that all the taxes are going to go up proportionately right so if your assessed value goes up 25 percent your taxes aren't going to go up 25 percent right so if you have if you got your reassessment and you're kind of waiting to see what your tax bill is maybe take a deep breath because it's not going to go up uh, proportionately to what the assessment went up Another thing that we talked about that was encouraging too, and I get this a lot, is uh, when we're listing a property, right? Let's say that the homeowner, they have a basement and they started to do some finishing in the basement. And one of the questions I asked, Kurt, it wasn't on the air, was how, what do you classify as finished? How do you how do you classify it as, as being finished? Because a lot of times maybe in a basement they have walls and a drop ceiling, but it's still concrete floors. Sometimes you have... Uh, flooring and you have um, concrete walls and maybe more of like a spray painted ceiling so what constitutes finished square feet and obviously like Kurt uh, Kurt kind of shared in my opinion in it as well there's no set standard in that hey if it has this this and this it's considered finished Um, it's kind of a gray area right now on one hand if you go down into a basement and let's say you have your eyes closed and you and you open them up and you can't tell if you're in the basement or the upper level, well, that's going to be, you know, a high-class finish. That's going to have drywall um, and a nice finish to it, right? That's on one side of the extreme versus if you go into a completely unfinished basement and you see, like, unfinished walls, insulation, wiring, etc., well, that's one side of the extreme, right? There's a whole array of different finishes that you can have and different uh, types of finishes. Now, it's kind of a little bit of gray if what constitutes when can you count it as a total uh, finished square feet well generally you do want to see like a flooring you know ideally if you have like two of the three like flooring ceilings um, or like a flooring and walls and maybe the ceiling is spray painted it's a little bit of a gray area right Um, when do you count it as as being finished so um, if something has 
if something has like flooring, for example, and concrete walls, and then the ceiling is done, we'd probably consider that like a rec room finish. Um, but the key is as a buyer, it doesn't really matter. Like total square footage doesn't matter that much. They put so much weight on it at all the websites when they talk about price per square foot, et cetera. And as a buyer, you want to make sure you're getting a good deal. But the key is just look at what's there and just think about it for a moment and say, okay, what's really here? Do I have paneling on the walls? Obviously paneling is really cheap. Um, or do I have nice drywall? Do I have a drop ceiling or do I have a nice drywalled ceiling? It, it, it uh, depends more on like what you really have. Do you have uh, asbestos tile from 1950s as the floor covering? Or do you have a nice, um, you know, like in the basement, let's say you have a nice carpet with a nice pad and it's, it's really cozy, right? It's more about like, hey, what quality material is there? Um, and what kind of vibe does it give off um, as, as to be considered finished? So those are just kind of a few things that we talked about. The last thing that I'll talk about as well is when you're calculating finished square feet on a property, a lot of times when you're looking at the assessor cards, you say, okay, let's say that a house has a, uh, a foundation and um, the main level square footage is 1,000 square feet. The basement square footage is 1,000 square feet. And the upper level, it says it's 1,000 square feet too. Well, let's say it's a Cape Cod style home or one and a half story. And so the roof line... Uh, at your upper level, it starts on the on the sides or on the sides of your house and works up towards a peak. Um, then you can't count, and a lot of times agents get this mixed up too. But the upper level, even though it has the same footprint as the main, it's not considered all. Uh, you can't consider it all finished square feet. In general, the ceiling height has to be about five. In as far as like how we count it as agents, is the ceiling height has to be five. Uh, five feet in order to be considered like living space but again a lot of times we just defer to the assessor um so that's just one thing to keep in mind too like when you're when you're figuring out the square footage um if you have uh like a story and a half style home you can't count like finished square feet when the ceiling height is only you know as it works down towards the edges it's probably only you know a few feet tall well that's not really considered living space so just kind of a couple of things a couple things that we just to kind of recap filling in some of the gaps so hopefully this episode is uh is helpful and you can kind of listen to this in conjunction to the uh the longer episode that we just recorded 